Welcome to the Dynamax Podcast, Maine's premier powerlifting and strength sports podcast. From studios in Westbrook, Maine, with your hosts, Matt Israelson and Matt Strong. Matt, how are you tonight? I'm good, Matty. How are you? I'm ready to roll on podcast number four from Westbrook, Maine. Number four. And we're going to start like we always do, or like we've been doing for two weeks anyway, <laughs> with our current events. So, uh, first of all, a little bit of a sad note. I, we want to we want to all, the Dynamax family wants to send out condolences to the family of Adam Barnes, who trained here off and on for oh, four or five years, I think, and uh Always good to have him around. He's passed on unexpectedly, and we just want to know his family to know we're thinking of him. So, uh, beyond that, we'll move on to our one month uh, recess here. That's all you got left before the push pull. So, push pullers and bench only. Uh, happy training to you, strong training. It's almost here. So, be ready. We What's hope the it's all going well. Again, Manny? A- again, thank you for reminding me. It's August 5th. That's a Saturday. It's going to be right here. And it's going to be a good one. I think I mentioned we picked up another sponsor. And as soon as I have it confirmed, we'll let that out. Sweet. So, so yeah, it's exactly one month from today's uh, recording date. It's uh, We are recording now, the day after 4th of July. Yes. Happy Once, birthday, America. Happy birthday, America. We all got a little bit of sunburn yeah. and uh, enjoyed. Uh, I'm getting uh, inquiries from, um, excuse me, entries from Massachusetts, um, all over New England right now. So, We'll see if it, we'll see how many we get this year. I think our record for a push pull might be thirty entries. What's the what do you normally get for a regular full meet? The full meets lately have been until the spring were around 60, 65. Oh wow, okay. And then the spring we had a little bit lower turnout, but I don't know if you heard anything about this. I heard a lot of the meets were having a little bit lower turnout. I didn't hear about that. And did no. in fact the day of our our state championships, somebody said that he had been to a two-day meet and they canceled the second day. Wow. So, um, that's nothing we'd ever do, but anyway. Alrighty, so, Matt, one thing I wanted to talk to you about today, I noticed it on my way out, I did a quick little workout with my girlfriend today, and on the way out, I noticed you guys, you had a note about uh, finding deadlift bars in the squat rack. And now I know that too, if you're a, uh, if you're a new lifter, there's a good chance, and if you haven't trained at a specialty gym or a powerlifting gym or a strongman gym, there's probably only two barbells that you've been exposed to. Uh, what you would consider an Olympic barbell, which is a 45-pound, seven-foot-long, you load each side with a plate. Uh, you know, a plate. It's <laughs> you put plates on the end yeah, of it. Yeah, and you lift it. Yeah, mm. or you have an easy curl bar. You know, it's uh, much shorter. Um, it's curved uh, to allow uh, curling. Uh, you know skull crushers, whatever it may be. Very obvious to tell the difference between the two. Now, when you come to a place like Dynamax where we are specifically, most of us are specifically training for the squat, bench, and deadlift, you actually have a specific bar for each movement. That is correct. Um, so, and I wanted to, you know, have kind of have this be a, I got some questions for you regarding these bars. I, I kind of just take it for what it is. I know which is which. I know, obviously, I'm going to deadlift from deadlift bar and squat with squat bar. Um, but I kind of wanted to get down to the why. You know, you take it for what it is. You see the, uh, you you do a great job of actually identifying each of the bars with a, uh, a little plaque, basically. Uh, but sometimes those plaques don't end up on it. But if you got the right eye, you can easily identify what's the correct bar. Um, and this will keep you as the lifter safer, safer during um, your exercising, and it'll increase the longevity of the bars, and for you, Maddie, less expense in replacing these. So I thought we would start with, uh, we'll, go, we'll go backwards. So we'll start, instead of squat, bench, dead, we'll start with the deadlift bar. Um, so why is it that you would not want to squat with this bar? All right, I'll explain that, and I'm gonna take a step, one step even further back from that just so people aren't thinking why is this jerk got all these different bars here (laughs) because you know we're primarily APF gym here so APF rules require three different bars they require a squat bar which is 55 pounds a bench bar which is 45 pounds and a deadlift bar which is 45 pounds those are the rules so I have them here 
because most of the men and women are doing the APF meets. That's the reason for the bars. Uh, now, and I'm going to stay behind your question a little bit further. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't train here, if you're listening in, we could just kind of keep you out of trouble in another gym that has some specialty bars, and maybe the owner doesn't has the same rules we have, which is uh, basically use those bars for what they're for. Now we'll take up the let's take up the deadlift bar because it's really the only one you could damage. It's thinner. It's about a I think it's about a foot longer, and it's just more flexible. Mainly to give you, I think, just make deadlifts a little bigger, get people bigger deadlifts. Yeah, you hear a lot of times people talking about the whip that comes from Correct. the bar. You only really get the whip from a deadlift bar because it is slightly less rigid. Because the the part that the part of the bar where the plates go onto that's the same diameter as any of the other bars. That's going to be uh, consistent across the board. But the part that you actually grab onto with the knurling is on, on a on a on a commercial deadlift bar that you've bought for that purpose right. marketed as such it's it's i i don't know them i don't know how much the diameter is much thinner that's what i was gonna i don't know sure right. what exactly so, that diameter so is. i.e it's more flexible and in essence if you put it in a bench or in a squat rack and put two plates on each end and rack it hard it's going to bend and it's going to be it's going to bend permanently that's why i tag them and i i know you you mentioned that mm -hmm. so our deadlift bars are tagged please don't deadlift only with them and to replace them is, is expensive. That's why I, I try to keep it in order, keep, keep them all in order. Mm -hmm. And so for the deadlift bar, um, you mentioned that it's thinner. Yes. And to the untrained eye, that may be a tough mark to identify. But I think that the most identifiable mark about the deadlift bar that makes it unique from other bars is the fact that there is no centered knurling. Correct. There's pretty much blank through the middle. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, it's... They're the, the only bars I mark because they're the only ones you can really damage. You can't do too much to the to that squat bar, that we, the squat bars we use, or the bench bars. It, it'd be, you'd have to try to damage them. But I know it sounds funny in a powerlifting gym, but those bars are a little fragile. Right. And so something else, obviously. Um, you Just know, like some of the egos around. <laughs> obviously, we don't want to see you, you know, squatting or benching or doing rows or something like that with the deadlift bar. I'd appreciate it if yeah. they didn't. I think something also that would be good to touch on here is the importance of not dropping the bar. I know that you've seen on Instagram your favorite power lifter scoop up 800, 700, who knows, on a godly amount of weight and slam it down afterwards. drop them. And I'd like you to touch on that real quick because I know that you're not a fan of that. I, I'm not a fan of it because it, 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 you, you can never do it in a meet. I mean, right. you lose a lift. And that's what we're training here for, obviously, yeah. is to compete. Yeah. I mean, you, so why develop a bad habit, number mm -hmm. one? Number two, it, I've, I've already, we lost one bar due to that from all the slamming. I, I, the deadlift bar that I had a couple years ago, I just had to get rid of it because they had slammed it so many, just dropped it so many times, uh, usually when I wasn't here. That I just, you know, I don't want to see that anymore. And it's, it's there's a certain amount of disrespect that goes with picking up a heavy lift and just dropping it and walking away. Right. It, it just, it, there's a little bit of uh, arrogance to that. Yeah. I so did. I encourage people to, to go by the rules because then when you end up on a platform in a meet, it, it probably won't happen to you. Right. You'll develop those good. Uh, They're just good habits to have. Exactly. I mean, if you, I mean, I've seen people lose their grip. And I, there's nothing you yeah, can do about that. Yeah, there's one thing, and that's kind of what they go over in meet. It would, you know, that's something that, uh, Scotty Blanchard yeah. mentions in the beginning of the meets when he's telling the rules is that if you if you tear a callus or if you simply can't hang on to the bar it, it, because you're, going a ma you're doing a max yeah. effort deadlift, we understand that. But something to think about too, you didn't PR if you slammed that bar down. <laughs> no, you didn't. Right. It, another thing too is that I think that the descent of a deadlift is important to maintain control of. I think a lot of people are getting less work out of their deadlift than they could be by kind of just crashing down. If you're if you're training, if you're training on a set for reps, you could get a little something out of the um, eccentric motion right. in that. Uh, you know, I would I would uh, caution you to be careful on that because that's probably the weakest point you're at on deadlift. So mm -hmm. you know, th there's a happy medium where you just sort of set it down. And you can hear it, but you haven't haven't dropped it or slammed it. Right. So that's that's all I ask really, just yeah. a little respect thing. Yeah. So in summary, it's longer, it's a little thinner, the part you grab onto, yeah. and there's no center knurling. So that's how you identify the deadlift bar. 
if you uh, you know if you see another you know, younger member or someone who's just not informed using it, you know, politely remind them or you know help help them get to the right bar because ultimately you want to make sure that you have the right tool. Right. Um, I've made the mistake of using a deadlift bar squatting at a different gym, yeah. and the flexibility can, especially once you get over 300 pounds. When that bar starts to oscillate, I would think it back, would. I would think it would very really dangerous. Yeah. So, we're not just uh, yelling at you for using the wrong bar. No, it's really we not. We want to see you use the right tool for what you're doing. You know. Yeah, and that, and that way we take care of our equipment. We don't we don't have to worry about replacing it or membership rates going up or something like that because the we're taking care of these things mm-hmm. at, at that point. Right. Now, I do want to say there is a I don't know if you've ever seen one. There is a uh, sumo deadlift bar out there which is knurled all the way through really yeah the knurling doesn't stop so the whole way yeah, the whole way so for those of you listening that don't train here you, you could run into that and that would be the dead giveaway if you ever come across a bar that's knurled from way. yeah from inside the collar to the other side i've never seen that yeah i've heard of a sumo deadlift bar but i didn't realize that. yeah that's what the difference is it's so you can grip wherever you I've met a lot of that, yeah right? yeah so beware of that if you if you don't train here uh, you you may run into that in another gym. But, That's interesting. Uh, I didn't know that. If you do train here and you have a question, just ask one of us if you can't figure out the, which bar it might be. Mm-hmm. And we try to keep the tags on the deadlift bars. Yeah. So, uh, we identified the deadlift bar. Let's go to the next one that's very easy to identify, and that would be the squat bar. All right. So now, you've got, and uh, these are often referred to as Texas squat bars, if I'm not mistaken. I have one by trade by trade name. I have one yep. Texas squat bar. I forget who made the other two. That's just a company down on, in Texas, yep. obviously, mm-hmm. that makes good bars. They right. they have since I got into this, and at one point they just made that one. The bench bars we have yep. are all Texas quote power bars. Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. Yes. So now a squat bar is basically the polar opposite of the deadlift bar. It's still long, right? It's another. Now I think it's another. Four inches on each end. Okay, right. So you've got, you know, obviously, squats and deadlifts are going to be your biggest lifts most of the time, so that's why they make them a little bit longer so yes. you can load more weight on there. Correct. Um, now, I think that squat bars are probably the easiest to identify because they are noticeably thicker and heavier than 55 pounds. I think anybody that trains at a, has been training regularly and hasn't had a squat bar on their back or in their hands will notice right off. Hey, that's a little thicker. Oh yeah, you'll definitely notice it on your back. Yeah. I found that out the first. Uh, and you also I say, I, I, "Gee, my hands aren't where they're supposed to be," because it's so much longer. Are the rings in a different? Spot? The rings are probably spaced a little different, but the, you know, the sleeves are, oh, are out sure. wider. So if you're a guy, which you probably are with a bench bar, mm-hmm. you probably go to the end. Just about. It, it's not there. No right. So exactly. that'd be another giveaway, and you you can just tell one, even though it's only ten pounds. I think most people pick up on it right oh, off. You can absolutely yeah. tell. In. So the idea here is they're a little more rigid because uh, you mentioned you ended up squatting with a deadlift bar once mm-hmm. and it was jumping. Oh, yeah. So these, with enough weight, these will jump a little, but not like what you were talking right. about. I mean, they're very rigid. And it would be very hard to damage and one of these. it's a very, uh, the knurling now is also probably a little bit more aggressive. Um, yes. If you're, if you're used to squatting with a typical, typical Olympic uh, lifting bar. Yes. You will notice that the squat bar will tear your back up if you're lifting with a tank top on or no shirt on. It'll tear your back up quite a bit more. Which I never understood, but anyway. I never really understood that either. Mm. But you'll know when you'll, yeah. you'll know when you take a shower. Yeah. And, uh, that your squat pad on your back there yeah. is burning. <laughs> you now are aware of it. All right. So. Uh, so the other point on that one is there's a there's a 65 pound squat bar out there too called the Mastodon, and some of the federations use it. I believe that we could use it in APF if we desired, but it would ju- I'd have to adjust the loading charts. It's just a heavier bar? It's just another 10 pounds. It's, sure. an, it's a little bit more rigid. A little bit thicker. I don't know that we need it right now. So Yeah, uh, right, that's good. I didn't know that. And then just to clarify the point on the bars again, just as an example, USAPL uses one bar all three lifts. Okay. So. Anybody? There's a couple guys here that lift that way. I did want to touch on that, yeah. So there, that's the that's if anybody didn't understand about the three bars, we have a different bar for each lift. That federation requires one bar, all three lifts. So that's a perfect segue. So USAPL and IPF use a single bar. They use a single bar. And I believe bar. that that is probably most similar to what we would consider a bench bar. It is the Texas Power Bar. I think that's the one they use. All right. It's a typical. Is it six feet long? It's seven. Seven feet long. Seven feet long. Yeah. They use the same bar. For 45 all, pounds. 45 pound bar. They use the same bar for 
all three lifts. Now, IPF may use an Ivanko 44-pound. Or, yeah, a 20-kilo bar it or Maybe, maybe. Yeah. But I, as far as I know, as far as I remember, USAPL uses a Texas power bar, and that's their rule for the three lifts. So as far as if you are training for the USAPL or the IPF at Dynamax, mm-hmm. using I, the, the uh, bench bar for the um, all three movements is acceptable? That is correct. Okay. I have no problem with that. All right. And I have the, I have an Ivanko bar, which may be used in IPF. I'm not sure. It's here if you want it. Mm-hmm. So to kind of roll back on the original topic, um, the bench bar is what you would probably consider your typical Olympic barbell. That is probably what is. Uh, but just so anybody out there interested in our, in our, because we do have a nice set of bumper plates, and I do have a very, very nice Ivanko uh, Olympic bar. Mm-hmm. It's right outside my door here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very expensive, and it's right there, and anybody that wants to come try us out for Olympic lifts, you're welcome to it. Awesome. So, um, yeah, the bench bar, obviously, not much to explain there. It's got the centered knurling that's probably about six inches long. It's something yes. like that. You know, it, it's very easy to identify. The center knurling on the squat bar is probably closer to a foot long. That's obviously thinking. I would imagine that the center knurling for a bench bar is to help align your hands symmetrically. Well, like if you were doing a close grip bench. I think it is, but I think originally it was because they they all squatted with it. Oh. So they still wanted some knurl in the middle. A little knurl in the middle. That's my guess. Right, where the squat bar has a huge knurl in the middle. Since it became squat only. Right, exactly. Okay. An interesting point is I've seen some bench routines that say try the be- the squat bar. Really? Yeah. yeah. I can't I can't quote you anything from it because I've forgotten what it said. But Okay. You, you, you just won't get the jump you get right, with, exactly. a, with a Texas power bar. Right. So, uh, just to kind of to go back to the original point of making this, obviously we want to make sure that you understand what bar to use and why, and it's more than just a, because I said so. It, it has nothing to do with I said so at all. There's no hard feelings. I just I don't want to replace any more of these deadlift bars for a long time. Right. And so, on that, a lot of people, if you've lifted, if you're coming to just visit Dynamax because uh, you're on vacation and you want to get some lifts in, or if you're, you know, you've been lifting at Fitness Factory or World's Gym around here, and now you come to Dynamax, and you notice that people will make a comment on what bar you use, and that's because this is a small business. You purchase those bars directly. It's not you're not going to corporate. <laughs> no, I, I, it's yeah, I'm corporate, so yeah. <laughs> I gotta ask me. And if I can't do it, I can't do it. And the, and you know, we need them around for everybody, and we need them for our competitions. Right. So if you've never looked into how expensive. Or you know what the overhead of a gym is. Forget the building, forget the insurance, forget heating or air conditioning. One plate, one forty-five pound plate, costs about fifty bucks. You're talking about iron here. There's no real wiggle room. You're, it's about a buck a pound, a little bit more. Um, After you cut, put shipping into it. And that is for just a regular, a non-competition, a York or a standard. This is just plate. a basic Bob forty-five pound plate. Mm-hmm. So, do you know what the cost of one of those green Ivanko uh, calibrated fifty kilogram? Uh, it's around four hundred bucks for one plate. One of them for one hundred twenty pounds of weight is uh-huh. about four hundred bucks. And if you notice, I have a set of them. Yeah, exactly. And if you've ever been to a meet, you'll, you've probably right. seen three of those loaded on a bar. So, if you don't think that a uh, what would it be three hundred twenty kilogram yeah. lift is impressive, start doing the math. Start doing about math about how much money you're deadlifting. Or yeah, and right outside this door, there's eight of them. Yeah, so. there you go. Um, and then, what's a deadlift bar? Five hundred bucks. After sheds, if you notice my note, after after you get the shipping, because mm-hmm. it's forty five pounds. Right. It's and you pay shipping by the pound. And it's seven feet long. And it's seven feet long. So the last one, you know, is in the five hundred dollar range. Right. And I'm glad to have it. I'm glad you guys can train with it. I'm glad to offer it at the meet. But I don't want to get another one right now. Right, exactly. I just feel like if people understood that what they're using is, you know, uh, state-of-the-art equipment, really. Just because it's not a super fancy-looking plate-loaded machine, this is the ultimate plate-loaded machine here that you're dealing with. (laughs) So you got to really make sure you're respecting it. it. This is the original plate-loaded machine. That's right. The the Ivanko set we got... um, came out of Massachusetts, the set outside the door here. The, the plates. Yes. Yep. And um, I'm just, I'm glad we can offer that at the meets, because I think we talked about this in the in the first or second podcast. I just think it adds a little air of professionalism. Totally. When we have that kind of set. 
and I'm glad we have the bars to offer everybody to train with. We have one bar for the one bar lifters, and we have the three bars for the lifters that go to the federations that use the different bars. And we now, I don't know if you, you probably didn't think about this, I have three of everything. So we can now put on a competition without me borrowing any bars. I have three squat bars, I have three deadlift bars, I have multiple bench bars. Yeah. But I used to have to borrow a bar here and there because I need two in the warm-up room. Right. I need one on the platform. Now we have one of everything we need. Gotcha. Excuse me, three of everything we need. Gotcha. So, while we talked about, we just had a 20-minute conversation about three bars that to the untrained eye look exactly the same. Right. Something that I think we might as well, while we got this ball rolling, talk about is um, the specialty bars. So you have a buffalo bar. We have a buffalo bar. You want to describe that, or do you want? Yeah, uh, yeah. The buffalo bar is basically, it looks like a bent uh, squat bar, kind of. It's, yeah. a, it's got the, it, you know, the, the diameter where you grab is probably about the same as a squat it's, bar. Yeah, it's thick like a squat bar. Yeah, it weighs fifty-five pounds. Fifty-five. It, it's relatively long. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's the length of the squat bar, so right. it's longer than the bench. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, um, what lifts would you see people do that bar with? I, or use with that bar. Well, I think it's designed to save your shoulders a little bit on the squat. Right. I because guess that's a good point, too. Is you, why is this bar bent? <laughs> when, you, when you reach out, your shoulders don't need to come as high. So I think there's a, there's a drop in that bar of probably two inches. So if you've got shoulder trouble and you can avoid reaching up two inches, that, that's going to help. Uh, beyond that, uh, it's essentially, it feels like a straight bar to me. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, it feels just about the same. Okay. I've had kind of a hard, you'd think that because it's bent, you'd have an easy time getting yourself in the middle. Yeah. But that's probably the, it, for squatting. I think it's a little harder. Yeah, I do, I do too. Yeah. I think it's hard to get yourself aligned. So if I you do, do use that bar, especially for the first time, make sure you go to spotter there. I do sometimes feel as though it doesn't load my low back as hard. I don't know about you. Yeah, I rarely use it. Oh, okay. Um. And I only use it for squat. Okay. I do know that some people bench with it. That was my next my next uh, point I was going to make. Mm-hmm. I've it's seen some guys and women benching with it. And if you think about it, it's like a very, very soft camber. In other words, you've seen the camber bar that are... Uh, What's well, got like an 8-inch difference? Probably an 8-inch drop. Yeah. If, the, if um, people know what we mean about a camber bar, you, could, you go deeper than your chest. Right. It's almost like a, a deficit bench press, if you uh, that will, is correct. You'll be going, you'll be dropping your elbows lower, and your range of motion will be increased. Right. And I know that a lot of folks swear by it, but I've always just, it's always just bothered my shoulders, so I haven't used it. Now, the buffalo bar is much more subtle. So if you want to try benching with it, I would say go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you're yep. doing like a dynamic day and you want to switch things up uh, a Absolutely. Bit. Yes. All right. Yep. So you mentioned the camber bar. You've got two camber bars. We have also what's called a 14-inch cambered bar. Right, because you've got the the one that basically looks like someone just dented the hell out of a regular barbell, right? Yeah. You know, they just took a probably like a three foot or four foot wide section and raised it up uh, eight inches or so. Right. And that is good for good morning squats. You uh, could try to bench with it. You got to tell me which one it is again. This is the the silver one, not the super camber one. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that has about a. I think it's got almost a forty-five degree camber am i yep. right yeah yes totally. and that that was what i was trying to compare that buffalo bar to right so it's almost like an extreme buffalo it's bar. an extreme buffalo bar because i've seen people squat with it as well mm-hmm. and again i haven't had any luck benching with it so i I've, can't I've, imagine personally benching with it i have seen people do it i know some people that swear by it so i've stayed away from it yeah i think but, it looks uh i've seen some uh some of the groups here use it for rows too that's another thing you, you could do, do bent over row or because the, you can uh, get more range uh towards your chest exactly It'd be like the reverse of your bench press because mm-hmm. you're pulling it that way. Right. So it has some applications, just not for me. Right. And then you have the, uh, prob- what might be called the giant camber bar, I think. Yes. The black one. With the drop? Yeah. It's okay. got a straight drop in it. That's a 14-inch cambered bar. Right. Okay. Because that, that drop at, at 90 degrees is four, is uh, 14 inches. Yeah. And then out it goes. Right. So that bar is hard as hell. That is not a fun bar to use, but it's a good bar to use. <laughs> right. Uh, you, you, if we can describe it to everybody, your hands are basically down by your waist. Yeah. Okay. So what is it doing? It's and what do we always tell everybody? Get your chest up. Get your shoulders tight. Arch your low back. It's awfully hard to do all those things when your hands are down by your waist. So it teaches you to really drive with your hips, your glutes, and your hamstrings. Yeah. And if you want to be an upright squatter, you got to fight that bar and it will help you. Right, the swing. 
you, you got to fight the swing, and you got to fight to keep your chest up. The only thing I wouldn't say is, wouldn't recommend maybe is, you know, six, seven weeks from a meet, I might stay away from it. Okay. Some people use it. So use it more, uh, you know, when you're seven weeks or greater. Maybe something in there. Yeah. You know, you might find people that, that still use it all the way up, but, uh, and I have in the past, but I don't think I would again. Okay. All right, and I think we, all right, everyone know well, a trap bar is great for deadlifts. You yes. can do farmer's walks. Yes. Uh, it's a trapezoid. It has handles on it. Um, you get in the middle of it. You get in the middle of it. A lot of people deadlift with it. I personally am not a big fan of this bar. I've had no luck with it. <laughs> I have had shrug luck with it's it. It's good with shrugs, yeah. And I've, I've done it. I've used it for farmer's walks, too. Farmer's walks. And if you're listening out there and you don't train here, you can set it, elevate it. Set it on some blocks. Get in it and do your shrugs. And you don't have to pull from the floor. Yeah. One of the things about people doing heavy shrugs is they end up using a lot of lower back to get started. Just to get it going. Yeah, so the, if you just want to get your started. shoulder girdle, your traps, elevate that trap bar and try it. It'll save your lower back if you set it up that way. The way I look at it is why tax your lower back again? If yeah. you've already deadlifted that week, you've already squatted. The, the and, last thing you want to do yeah. is hurt yourself setting up well, the weight. That, that's the way I look at it. Right. And so, there's only one specialty bar left, yes. and that is the safety squat bar. Then I think that's a really valuable one. And now, this is something, you know, I'm a, I'm a raw guy. Yeah. I have used it uh, for some volume. I've very rarely gone heavy with it. Um, but basically, I'll let you describe the bar. You can probably describe it better than I could. I think if anybody's watched any of the Strongman or anything like that, and they know what that yoke is that they carry, you, you think about a yoke, uh, and then just maybe... Uh, transferred in your mind to a much smaller one with a, a nice padded uh, pair of uh, handles on it. So you you set up like a squat with your with your head and shoulders in between the pads. It has about a I would say a six inch camber to it. Yeah, small camber on the end. Very small. Maybe half as much as the as our regular cambered bar. And again, what do we try to drive home to everybody? Get your shoulders tight, arch your low back, keep your chest up drive with your hips all stuff this stops you from because you're again your hands are not out on your sides they're out in front of you right okay so the advantages are if you got shoulder trouble it's wonderful bicep trouble a lot of a lot of guys have uh, bicep tendonitis from all the squatting mm -hmm. so you can avoid that with that bar and you can save yourself if you have shoulder trouble because again you're not reaching out but you can handle plenty of weight with it as you I think I've seen you use it yep. oh, yeah. you can you can load it up any way you want now you're gonna load your low back and your hips more than you do with a straight bar because you can't you can't get the same setup but it will sure teach you to hold that yeah I think the most unique thing about this bar is you can you can squat without uh, holding on to it, it I, yes good point well, I never, I never do, but you're right. Yeah. You see, I can't remember. I think it's, uh, God, I'm not going to get this right. I've seen people do a squat variation recently where they have, I think it's for overloading. They've got the safety squat bar on yes. the back. And they have another bar, uh, you know, probably about the waist level that they're hanging on to that. And yes. almost, when they squat, they're almost using that to support themselves. And that but is if a, you can imagine if you were squatting in front of a table, you're just holding on to the front of the table to help yourself get up. Yes. And, and that's an excellent way. Uh, I don't use it to teach people to squat, but that would be a good way to teach somebody to squat if you had one of those. Because it's much more natural. You don't have to worry about what, what's going on with your shoulders or your elbows or nothing like that. But you still have the sensation of having a bar that's you, eight feet long or seven and a half feet long on your back. You get that sensation. The only thing you can you could miss out on as a beginner would be, uh, as on a, as you know, I like people to squat a little more upright. Mm -hmm. So it's hard. It would be hard to start somebody and teach them that technique with that bar. Gotcha. But. It's still a great tool. And we ought to mention that uh, I think Dr. Squat, Fred Hatfield, who we just lost about a month ago, developed that bar. Really? That's, that bar is not new yeah, by, yeah, no. by any means. Right. And I'm pretty sure it was Dr. Squat that came out with that. So uh, maybe 1980s, somewhere around there. Wow. Yeah, because he had had shoulder trouble. He had I'm sure that it was the first guy who had uh, rough shoulders. He had a lot of shoulder trouble. Squatting. And and it, obviously he, he was a, one of the first three to squat in uh, a thousand. Really? I yeah, yeah, there was three of them. And uh, he was one of them. And I, and I know that he did some training with it, and he was marketing it way back. And then it kind of disappeared, and now it's, it's here again. Yep, they're relevant. They're a wonderful bar. Yep. So uh, if you don't train here, everybody, we have one if you want to try it. Yeah, and, that, and not too many places... Uh, 
have that type of bar or have any of these specialty bars, uh, you know, 90% of the gyms you go to, they're going to have a trap bar, an easy curl bar, yeah. and an Olympic bar, and that's it. And there's, again, no charge if you want to come try them. So. There you go. So, uh, to digress, basically, yes. if you are unsure about what bar you're using, yeah. there's a good chance that, um, obviously, ask you. Yes. Ask one of the groups. Don't feel ashamed to ask. Absolutely not. Uh, because you're better off to, you don't, no one's going to think you're dumb or anything, but you're no. better off to ask. Yeah, and and you'll learn something, too. And uh, you might get a little extra about why to use that. Yeah, maybe one bar. of the guys, or if you get you or I or whatever, they'll be glad. To, anybody here, as you know, yeah. is going to be quite helpful. Yeah. Um, and just to, to end up on that safety bar, uh, I know I had I detached my tricep, and I never missed a squat workout. Because I had that safety bar. I was here the next day squatting. Sweet. So that was very lucky to have that. Awesome. So yeah, again, many many different bars here. Many bars. We spent a lot of time on bars, everybody. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of the bread and butter of how we get our work done, and uh, we don't want to see you uh, trying to hit the nail in with a screwdriver. So that's kind of why. Right. And and here's the thing, you know, we were talking about adaptation. I think at the end of last week's. Yeah. So, if you take these bars and rotate them in and out, instead of coming in here and squatting every week or benching or pulling off the floor, and you, or change a bar or substitute a, substitute one of the lifts for one of the others, you're not going to get bored. I mean, after a while, I, I don't know how some, some of these routines don't become boring that I read about. It just looks, I mean, I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you notice. We change, I don't know if you notice, we're changing those bars just about every week. Yeah, totally. So. You're, you're either changing the bar or you're changing what the accommodating Yeah, because I just is can't here. stand, I just, I don't want to get bored. All right. Again, you've uh, you've been doing it a little bit longer than I have. Yeah. So, uh, and most of what I've been doing has been straight work, but I have been experimenting. I didn't mean yours, I mean the stuff I read. Oh, no, totally. Yeah. Um, and I have been experimenting. With I've seen you. I saw you with that 14-inch. And mostly because I like a good challenge. And I like to, you know, break out of the comfort zone. And, and I think that using those types of bars is one of the best ways. And to didn't do I it. see Lauren with it today? Yeah, that's I, her how first did she time like ever it? using it? She liked it. She thought it was very, you know, the, I made sure that she uh, got used to it with yep. just uh, the bar at first. It is sixty-five pounds. I was just going to add that. Um, you got to be aware of that yep. when you're loading plates on there. Yep. Um, and the swing. So obviously, because there's a fourteen-inch difference between where it's loaded on your back and where the, or where you know where it makes contact with your back and where the plates are loaded, mm-hmm. when you start. Squatting, now those weights will start to swing back and forth. The pendulum effect. And yes, it's, and what's the worst place for any of us on squat or deadlift for the weight to be in front of us? Right. So. Yeah. No, I think that uh, you know I had her use that because it would be she's not going to be able to use that type of bar in other places. And I know that I think that you know even if she's not pushing herself ex- exceptionally hard with but it. You don't have to. It's so much, it's such a new thing. She, she's going to she's gonna get another aspect of her glutes, her hamstrings, and her low back. And, yeah, and, you core, know, and your core also. Whatever, anything. It's just going to be another aspect of development that, right. that you'll get with those bars. Awesome. Yeah, no, I think that that is, whether you're raw or geared or somewhere Makes no difference. Yeah. All right, so it looks like uh, you've got another exercise of the week for us. I do. I don't know. Maybe it's new. Maybe uh, maybe it's new to you. I don't know. Maybe you've done it. Maybe you've read about it. But uh, last week we did a lower body one, if I remember right. We did yep, the Zercher sure. squat. So I have for tonight for everybody uh, what we call an ultra wide or an illegal grip bench press. Okay. So if you're you or I or most of the guys, what it what it means is your index finger is wider than the ring on the benching it's bar. Beyond the ring. It's, okay. It's in between the final ring in the collar, right? Uh, well, or just one ring. There's only yeah. one ring on yeah. bench bar. So it's beyond that, okay? It's it's just you see a little daylight between the ring and the rest of the bar. Mm-hmm. So it's you're illegally wide or ultra wide. So, real quick. Sorry. Yes. Um, if that ring is exposed uh-huh. because your hand is beyond it, yes. that's considered illegal. That would be illegal in a meet. In a meet. Even if your, your thumb can touch it even in a meet. Right. And you're okay. Okay. But for our purposes... Let's use the index finger. Yeah. And what I wanted to point out was, because I said you or I, mm-hmm. or most of the guys you train with, but uh, a smaller person or some of the ladies, ultra-wide is going to be interpreted. 
it so, has to be. Yeah, because I've had a couple of people. They that's that was just too wide. It's not going to function. Right, their hand, you know, their right. So if you're listening in, anybody, just get much wider than normal, and then do a set and find out if that's going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Normal, normally, if you're you're a, the average American male is what five 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 seven or five eight and 170 pounds. Yeah, if you're that guy or bigger. You can go beyond the ring. Yeah, I mean, I'm five nine, and I can go. I, I bench to and you're, the ring. And you're bigger than that, so. right? I bench, you know, I bench at the ring, and that that is wide. But you're, I can easily go wider. Okay. Yeah. So, there, there's your setup for the ultra wide. Now, what seems to work, and I, I keep reading it over and over again, mostly from West Side, is, in the six range, for reps, and in the five range for sets. You work there for a couple of weeks. So about six sets, five reps. Uh, five sets said. of six reps. Okay, five sets, six reps. Yep. Work there for a while. Try to add. And when it becomes a little sticky, we'll take a little weight off and we'll go to eight. Get a couple of weeks. Still at the ultra-wide grip. When it becomes... You're going to add again. Uh, this isn't a this isn't a, an exercise to... Uh, you're going to max out in a rep range, not in a one rep range. Right. All right. So we've maxed out at six reps, and you did two weeks, and you ended up at whatever the weight was. So now you're, it's sticky, and you're not going to push it at six anymore. You're going to lighten it and go to eight. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks, gets things get sticky. Go to ten. Throw them out. Don't do them for – take six months off from them. Sure. This, I, we got a hundred other exercises to do. Yeah. But for this week's exercise of the week, throw in maybe – you could try six weeks of those on a – on an accessory day. Okay. Okay. So what's the uh, what's the benefit of going extra wide if I can't do it in a competition? Well, yeah, that's a good point. You're taking out a lot of your tricep. You follow me? Totally. When you get out here, we've got a lot less tricep, a lot more front delt. Right. Obviously, if you think about the opposite, when you're doing a close grip bench, it's mostly tricep. It's sitting on your tricep and your front delt. Yeah. Now you still got front delt, but you got rear delt. We got to get lats because if you're going to be lats. successful, oh, yeah. if you're going to be successful with that grip, you've got to draw your lats into it. You probably will handle a little more weight accessory-wise because the bar. Think about this, isn't traveling very far. Right, you are decreasing your range of motion. Which maybe is why it became illegal. Probably. I'm not, I'm not I would sure. So. Yeah, so there, those are the advantages. The disadvantage might be be careful of your shoulders, everybody. Get, because make sure those lats are tucked right underneath. Lats you. are tucked. Front delts aren't hurting. Okay. Yeah. Start light. And if you're do if you're doing this one, probably a good time not to do a lot of front delt work. In fact, you may or may not agree with this. I don't think any of us need a lot of front delt work. Okay. We get enough of it benching. So, what you you did mention that to me recently, and I, I'm curious. What would uh, you know, for for those of us who have uh, I have more of a bro science background. Yeah. What would a front delt exercise be like? What would be some examples? Well, front dumbbell raises. So, Front raises, front raises, right, right in front. Yeah. Uh, front plate raises, which are fine. I mean, yeah. your your hands are a little bit apart. Right. So front front delt raises. You know, people do them seated. People do them standing. People do them on a little bit of an incline. Yeah. I see people people lay over and do them. Yeah. I just think maybe leave a lot of those out. And focus on the rear. Fo- you got rear delt and lateral delt that need to be trained hard. Right. And leave your front delts alone for a while. Yeah. See if that if you if you're stuck if you're not stuck if you're trying to grow. If you're not trying to grow, just throw them out for a while and just see if anything changes. Yeah. But totally. leave them alone. We get plenty of front delts when we bench. Yep. So, you know, that's a good... Obviously, you're, that's coming from the perspective of a competitive power lifter who has a, a very good base. Now, I think that if you are... If you could go to the gym for less than a year, less than two years, I think that doing some of that front delt work is important to just build a solid base. But you're talking about... That's a very good point. Who, someone who's got, you know... You switch from chest day and you've gone to bench day, and you're focusing on being a competitive powerlifter. You've already got you're you're not so much worried about your physique, just uh, the size of anything. You're concerned about benching a lot and staying healthy. Correct. Right. That's what I would assume you mean there when you say to avoid the. I you know this is kind of funny to hear. Obviously, yeah. we're not going to sit here and tell you to train your calves because you're <laughs> going to get that from your squat. Right. Um, but so for the front delt, you know, it, it just isn't necessary. I think is what you're saying. It, if you've already have, if a you solid got a good base. base, if not, you know what? You're right. Get, try to get everything. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so wide, super wide grip bench, legal grip bench, ultra wide, or I call it ultra wide or illegal grip bench. Yeah. We start with maybe two weeks of sixes, 
So once you've you've done your first week, you've increased. The six was six was becoming six was a challenge. Back it off. Go to eight. Yep. Two weeks maybe. Back it off. Go to ten. Uh, the first set first week of ten is a bit of a challenge. Um, back it off. Excuse me. Both weeks are both weeks stay the same. I think. Mm-hmm. And then throw them out. And you do this with only straight weight. Uh, you know, you bring up a very good point. You could maybe a mini band would be okay. Okay. I don't think I do chains, but I might do a mini band. That's chains, not a bad point. You're concerned about the stability. I don't, yeah, with your out that wide with those if those chains got jumping, it might not be the best idea. Mm-hmm. But you know something, I never thought of a mini band. Yeah. That's not a bad call. Just a, just a light one. You'd yeah. Be on the outside of the band, I would assume. Uh, the band. You'd have to put. You could either put the band way in. Right. And get your ultra wide grip, mm-hmm. which is probably what you do, yeah. and, and work your sets that way. That's a good idea. So we just added something to our exercise of the week. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. No, no uh, extra charge. No extra charge. So, exercise of the week: illegal or ultra wide grip, or illegal ultra wide ultra wide grip against mini bands. My last question for yes. that movement: Would you do that for incline? And do you do? I guess a bigger question, kind of stemming off that, is: Do you do incline for a? Personally, I haven't done them for years. Right. We, we I don't we don't have the bench anymore. I know you guys set it up. Yeah, I used no, to have a I monolith. used to have a kind of a bench for it, but I haven't done them in years. I do do them with dumbbells. Okay, but I haven't done them with a bar for years because they just started to bother my shoulders. Sure, but it's both more the more. point of it is mostly just for a pec. It, it's upper pec, although I see it recommended by some good lifters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I haven't done them. What I wish we had, and we could set it up if we wanted to, was decline, which I think is a really valuable really? exercise. Decline that's, bench. That's yeah, that's interesting because. You know, with an arch, you're almost creating a decline. I was just going to say, if you can really figure out the bench technique that we like. And you're pushing it back. You are pushing it back, and you're doing a decline bench. Mm-hmm. And again, we talked about the distance the ultra-wide travels. Right. When you get the right decline, it travels even less. Right, because I remember, um, you know, my early lifting days at uh, UMaine, they had a decline bench there, and I remember not really understanding you know maybe the incline i can't remember what i was going to do maybe the incline was taken or the yeah. flat was taken and i said well the hell with it let's do the decline and you know lifted considerably about more considerably more than i could on flatter obviously incline and yes right yeah totally i mean it, maybe it's an overloading principle or yep. you could use it for overloading or uh but it's interesting that you say that you wish you had one of those because I most I don't hear many people talk about decline. No, and it, it really I don't know I don't think it's forgotten, but it's a really, really good exercise. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to do it, if you're listening in, you're going to do it, or you're you're going to do them here. Think about this, Matt. Your your top rib right here yeah. is where that wants to hit. Right. If you're going to do them, do not bring them into your chest. They go right there. Okay. Okay. And that it, you can use your competition grip. But get that top rib. Gotcha. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I just I've heard so many people say uh, kind of talk badly about it, and uh, it's that's interesting from well, your perspective. They no, they're really good. They're okay. really I I, I like them ninety percent better than inclines for me. Okay. Really? Now you can set up much more conveniently decline dumbbell press. Yeah. We can just put a couple plates under one of our utility benches. Mm-hmm. But again, treat the dumbbells like a bar. And, and look for that top rib. Right. Don't so bring them up It feels like here. you're going a little lower. Yeah, exactly. And do it if you end, if you end up that you need to do them with dumbbells because you don't have a bar set up. Top rib. Gotcha. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I think I may have to throw that in. Yeah, you'll like them, and you'll move a bunch of weight around. Yeah, that's always a uh, added yeah. benefit to uh, throwing more weight around. It's more fun than throwing less weight around. Correct. All righty. Um, I think that we have a question here, uh, another uh, listener question, before we take off. Okay. Um, all right, let me get this ready here. All right, so, dear Dynamax Podcast, <laughs> I feel like I'm really close to getting a nice bench. I'm strong off the chest and solid to the midpoint. The problem is, is my lockout is really holding me back. What can I do to bust through this plateau? This is someone who is stalled in New Haven. Wow, Connecticut. Yeah. Wow. All right. So, what's the first thing we both think of? I, I know. I'm, I bet you did too. Is triceps. triceps. Okay. Yep. So, 
may I'm sure whoever this whoever wrote this in uh, and it's got stalled it, there's something going on triceps wise that isn't or not not going on that ought to be going on so and I'm gonna suggest try to shock them a little bit all right maybe some close grip off two boards three boards possibly four boards because where's the problem at the lockout whoever's whoever this is 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 strong from the chest even to the midpoint let's get out the three and four board even let's get uh i call it a medium grip most people call it a close grip Uh, to me anything inside the ring is a close grip yeah so let's say closer than your competition is correct but let's just to help this to help this person out let's say we, we want you to come inside the ring we want you to get on three and four boards. We want you to find uh, 60% of whatever this bench is you're trying to lock out. Excuse me, 45 or 50% of this bench you're trying to lock out. And we want you to get three sets of as many reps as you can. And I would predict you would get 20 or 25 on your first set. You'll get about 16 and you'll get about 12 if you hit the weights, the weights correctly. So 25... 15 or 16 and 12 reps in that fi- uh, 45 or 50, maybe in 55% range. That would be my guess there. So you get those three sets, catch your breath, talk to your, have your partner do three sets or alternate them. And let's go over to the, uh, let's go over to the um, uh, a slightly inclined bench and do some of the rolling dumbbell extensions, uh, which yeah, I've seen you do. Like a, uh, it's almost like a dumbbell skull crusher. Correct, but we roll the elbow. Mm-hmm. We're always careful to roll the elbow. Yep. And let's try to get... Uh, have you seen these 100 rep programs? Oh, yeah. I don't think we'll do that because we just did three rounds and we're, you know... Pretty real, much very, yeah, we very heavy, overloaded, close grip. 40. We're in almost 50 reps already right. on a close grip on the close grip uh, three and four board. So what if we said you're going to get, uh, how about four sets of 12 on those rolling tricep extension on a very slightly inclined, um, just barely inclined utility bench. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of an incline. And we roll them back around the ear. I've seen you do them. Yep. And a hard extension. Roll them back around the ear, elbow raises, hard extension. Four sets of 12. All right, you're done. Catch your breath. Your partner does a set. You do a set till you're done. You've gotten four sets in, and we'll just take a rope, and we're going to do four slow sets of rope push downs, pushing the weight away from you. And you know what I mean, Matt. Oh, yeah. A lot. Of, you see down. a lot of this. Yep. No. Here. Pushing okay. it out. That's interesting. Out. Okay. Okay. Out. Break 90 degrees at your elbow. Out. They got to be slow because this one is light. Yeah, and this is this is a hypertrophy exercise. You're not training for. You obviously we're, are training. We're going to try strength. to get a little bit of yeah. You're trying to get some blood into that muscle. Correct. So slow, and I so I mean you've got to take a weight that you'd laugh at. But when you do, if you do them slow, uh, I'm going to change the reps on this. I'm sorry, they're going to be more like 25 or 30 because this is a very light weight. But by 20, they're burning. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we'll make it three sets, 25 or 30 reps. Sure. And if you're a guy or a girl that's usually knocking out heavy pushdowns for 8 and 10 and 12 reps, you're, we're talking about half or maybe even less of that weight. Yeah. Okay? Less than 100, like, you know, 60, 70 pounds Correct. or something. But this is wrist locked, breaking 90 degrees when you come up, pushing away. Elbows back. Wrist locked, away. Right. So you want your upper arm to be kind of parallel with your upper body, right? Right there. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Pushing down, pushing away from you, I think, is a really good cue. Think of your heavy bench. You're pushing away. Okay. Okay. All right. You gotta throw your ego away. This is I'm talking about. So I've done this with 30 to 40 pounds. Sure. Another a good way to do this too, if you are if you're at home, you could get a light band, tie it, choke it around something up high, choke it around a pull-up bar. You get the. In fact, I like it a little more personally. In fact, if you don't want to do what I just said, do it with an orange band, which is the light band. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't. Don't even do weights if you if you'd yeah. rather not. Right, I, I personally, I like if I'm doing pushdowns, I like to use a band. I That's just, fine. You especially when you you think about the time under tension, you can really feel as you go down the tension increase. Yes. Where with the uh, with the weight, if the you don't do it right, especially when I what I just gave you with that light weight, I see everybody speed up, mm-hmm. and then they don't get the effect I want. Yeah, and 
Yeah, people are always, you know, especially you're telling someone, you know, if you, you, if you normally do 8 to 12 reps, you want to do 30 now. It can almost be kind of hard because you're going so light. It can almost be hard to tell that you're feeling it. Well, when, as, when it starts to burn and then I see everybody speed up because it hurts. Right, yeah. So they lose, the, they lose that effect that we're trying to get. Mm-hmm. So you just brought up another good point. If, if you have access to an orange band, which is the light band, right. try that. Or, you know, it's you're going to need about half or even less of what you normally use for your heavy pushdown. And if you don't have access to an orange band, go buy one. Yeah. Because it's like 10 bucks. And yeah. you can... You do a lot of things with you it. You do a lot of things with it. You can do curls, you can do triceps, you can do chest, you can yes. do just about anything. Yes. Um, I bring bands when I go on vacation or if I'm traveling, I'll bring bands with me to get a little bit of little workout in. And they weigh nothing. They're relatively inexpensive. You're not going to sweat them if you forget them in the hotel room or whatever. Um, I don't know about you, but I, my joints always feel better after I do that. Totally, right? yeah. It's it's very low impact. I don't have an explanation, but <laughs> it just, I just feel better. Yeah. So, obviously, growing the triceps, I, I think, is the, uh, the solution to and install the new answer. It's this head. Okay, so you're pointing towards not, the in, kind of the interior part yeah, of your arm? I, yeah, and I'm going to just take a stab. I think it's the long head okay. of your tricep. Okay. And it's not the one everybody likes to look at. Not the horseshoe. No, it's this one, and I know because I when I uh, when I was going back and forth with Lou Simmons years ago, and he gave me some approaches to this, and I saw him at a meet. He said, "Let me see your arm." He grabbed me right there. He said, "Okay, you did it. You've been doing them." Interesting. Yep. That's very interesting. Yep. Um, That's the one that gets you the bench. I don't know if I mentioned to you to try to. You should have a callus out here. Right there. You see it? Yeah. Feel it? That's where the bar should sit. Yeah. On when you bench. You okay. Should, you, a, you just pointed about uh, it, this an is, inch below the pinky finger, kind of on the uh, way you're like. It's called the ulnar side of your hand. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You should de- start developing a callus out there. You can feel it. Yep. Because that's where that that sits over that head of the tricep. Gotcha. And that's the most powerful piece. Kind of right where I don't know what they call them, like your love lines or your blood lines. Yeah, those, those lines. The lines that the yep. hypnotist or whatever the hand palm reader will look at. Correct. That's where you're talking where the callus should be. The callus should be, and if you can't remember, just remember the ulnar bone. Okay. And and that's the ulnar side of your hand. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I you, don't have a callus. <laughs> so start. We'll go over this another yeah. episode, but you, you're going to start learning to to uh, wrench the bar into that piece of your hand. As if you're trying to bend it. Correct. Okay. And you'll end up with that. That's very interesting. So that's the piece of the tricep that you get all the drive from. That's interesting. And that you'll tear off if you... <laughs> if you screw up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I do like that you're... Obviously, when you could do... If you're stalled out on the bench and your goal is to do a heavy bench, doing the close grip board stuff will really help overload. And I think that... If that's where the stall is. Yeah, it's so, at the top, right. Right. Um, so just to just to answer this uh, this person's question, um, you know, when you're part of having a... I really like doing the close grip board stuff because you're going to put a lot more weight on there than you're typically going to do, and that will train you mentally to get less nervous or anxious. You, I call it just getting acquainted with it. Yeah, you get acquainted with it, and I think that that is something that's very valuable that... Uh, when you guys are doing reverse uh, band benching, that's part of the other. I'm just. Tra- I want to know what that feels like in my hands, and that's that's one of the one of the few ways I'm going to feel that and kind of. When you're weight. walking up to that bar and you see more weight on there than's ever been no. on before, which is the same thing you're going to be doing at a meet, you you don't freak out. That's that's why I want to do it. I know a lot of. I've, I'm sure people say, "What the hell are they doing that for?" Yeah, they can't lift that. <laughs> you know, I tell you what, it's heavy as hell. Right. You you do get to lift it. And you get acquainted with it. Oh, yeah. And you get a little piece of confidence. Totally. That you didn't have. Absolutely. So, uh, so, in to digress, the the short answer is uh, she's this person's going to work on the triceps for the, the top of the. There's a there's the, the short the, the short answer is shock your triceps. Shock them. And then the longer answer is we won't go too far into it is what you just said. You mentioned uh, handling that weight over there. Mm-hmm. Do something. Find some way. To whatever she he or she is stuck at, find a way to take that weight. I should have, I should have said this earlier. Whatever your whatever she or he or she is missing for the weight, I guess they've stalled out. It, let's just call it three hundred pounds. Find a way to bench that. It, whether it's off a couple of boards, off one of the pads. Right. Don't let three Don't let three hundred pounds kick your ass. Find a way to win that battle. Find a way to win the battle. If you've handled, I don't know. If you wear a shirt, I don't know. Get a smaller shirt. Just find something. Put a so that you shot on. So there you go. 
any way you can do to handle that will help your mind because I don't know how you feel about this this whole thing is 75% here oh yeah so I think <laughs> I totally agree I think a funny thing to uh, end on we're about we're near almost in an hour here oh, 54 God. minutes wow. um, there was a video recently of this uh, he's a professional wrestler who uh, attempted to break the raw world record bench press of 725 pounds because he thought it was all mental <laughs> Ooh. They showed him wrapping four plates in yeah. 405. Yeah. It, it was moving. He unracked 725. <laughs> he couldn't even put the brakes on, you know? It's As you could imagine. And he took it two times. And the best part about it is that the spotters that were there, yeah. were they had to get more spotters to help get it off of it. Well, who was it? I can't remember oh. his name. I'll have to. I'll send, I'll put a link in the uh, description for this because okay. it's, it's a riot. I'll yeah, show I mean, it to you, too. Yeah, that's just... So it's not all mental. You gotta have, you know, I you, you have to be in the ballpark. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> exactly. right? You can't, you can't just will that. Right. So, just to you know, for those who are listening, if you're uh, if you're stuck at a four hundred pound bench, but you've never benched two fifty, let's get to two seventy five. Exactly. You can't. Uh, you don't want. You're not going to be pulling out any miracles here. You're not going to be changing the game by no. Hyping yourself up mentally, you you gotta have the yeah, muscles. Yeah, you gotta have so, well, And other thing, it, this is a sport, so you need the technique. Uh-huh. The, the technique and the muscle. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you could say I'd love to, I'd love to get up and bat for the Red Sox tonight, and I'm pretty sure I can. Oh yeah. One, but you haven't hit a baseball in years. Right. Oh so yeah. So it's not probably not going to happen. I can envision myself dunking, but I tell you what, I'm not touching that round. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. All right, Maddie. So we've got just to uh, wrap things up here. We got the push pull. Push pull August fifth. August. 5th. I remembered the date finally. Yep. So August fifth, everybody. Now it's a month out. Yep. So training should be serious. Probably backing it off a little bit if you're if you're really getting ready. Uh, your heavy stuff should be done, but you train any way you want, everybody. And so, what time are weigh-ins? Weigh-ins are on the Friday from. Give us one second. They're Friday, August fourth, and they're right here. And they're going to be from, bear with me, Friday, August 4th, 8.30 to 11. There's another one from 4 to 5.30, right here. And additional weigh-in times available by request. Call a guy named Matt. And that would be you, not me. That's correct. <laughs> well, you're welcome to do them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, weighing in is obviously a big part of this, so make sure that you coordinate this is that. Just, we're just going by the new rule. That's why yeah. it's Friday. Right. So It has to be 24 hours. It's, yes. So we're, I'm going by the rule that they, I got from uh, headquarters. Yeah. And the, I think I think ultimately everybody's going to like it. Yeah. I think it makes more sense. You're going to get to your weight. You're going to go eat and forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, not that I encourage a big uh, weight cut, but it's something that feels good about eating a big breakfast after that. After you make in. your weight. But totally. Even if whether you cut or not, it's something that just feels good. You're about just getting weight and getting that done. Just, totally. Yeah. It's half the battle. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Alrighty. So. Thank you all for listening. Reminder that uh, it's soundcloud.com slash Dynamax. If I've done everything correctly, you should be able to find this on iTunes by looking up um, the Dynamax podcast. Dynamax is D-Y-N-A-M-A-X-X, all one word. Um, The Dynamax podcast is three separate words. If you type that into iTunes, you should be able to find this. Give us a five-star rating. Leave us a comment. Tell your friend. Tell your grandma, tell your neighbor, tell whoever. Tell another lifter. Tell another lifter. Tell your buddy at Fitness Factory who's plateaued. Tell your buddy at World's Gym who's looking a little small to... Uh, Come to the Plateau Busters. We'll Come. bust it. That's right. All righty. You got anything else, Patty? Yes. I just want to uh, announce, I can't tell you when, but soon our apparel will be online. That's awesome. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, jackets... You name it. That'll be online. We'll give you all the info as soon as it's put together. And then here, we will have our supplement line. Now, that won't that won't probably be online, but our supplement line will be through here. Uh, if you did need me to ship it to you, I would. Collars. Our collars will go. Our uh, drinks and our um, branch chain amino supplement. One thing really quick. that this is, a, this is a plug for you. Your collars. You make collars for is Elite FTS? Elite FTS has been selling my my specialty collars for uh, nine years now. So this is a collar that's specifically designed for, I would imagine, hanging chains from? I made that for chain work and then realized that the specialty bars 
are very unaccepting of the, the standard little wire collars. Yeah. You notice that? Totally. Yeah, no, even an Easy Curl bar. Easy Curl bar won't even take one. And none of the specialty bars will. So I've I've also promoted those as just a basic collar for all the specialty bars. But obviously they're, they work, they're designed to hang chains on. Right. And so... Um well, I'll I'll post a picture of this for the uh, for the thumbnail for today's. Oh, podcast that'd be great. So that you could, the listener could kind of get a better idea what it's uh, what it looks like. That would be great. But I like using these um, personally. I just look for a pair of these versus the typical spring ones or yeah. the pro locks. Yeah. Because I know it's going to work on any bar, and the way that you have the tightening mechanism is that this thing's not going to move. They they, they stay pretty snug. Mm-hmm. Um, Whether you use chains or not. Yep. Yeah. If you need, if you want a pair, come by. Um, I'll sell them a little cheaper than Elite, but he sells them at a very reasonable price. And if you're looking for them on Elite, they're called the Dynamax Specialty Metal Collar. There you go. All righty. So, everyone listening, have a uh, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thank you all. We'll see you soon.